What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. I am Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Today, a little bit more of a football-based show. Not a lot going on around the sports world. Pretty fun show planned for you, though. We have the conclusion of our top ten lists we've been doing. We have quarterbacks today. Uh, very much a quarterback-focused show, as we're going to follow in what we did last episode with the college receivers coming into the draft and, and their comps and, and information about them. We have your top five quarterbacks in this year's draft. And we also have some news on the Dolphins and, and their draft picks. So not so much news, more of a just discussion on something they said. But An interesting anecdote yeah, to yeah. carry the narrative. But we're going to start, as we have been in the last couple of episodes, with our top ten list. So would you like to go first, Ben, or do you want me to? I go ahead and go first. All right. Now, again, I know I say this every time. just going to put a disclaimer out there. Top 10 quarterbacks we've seen play in our lifetime. There's a lot of debate on quarterbacks. Who's the best? This person's better than that person. These are our personal lists. Please, if you disagree, let us know and let us know why. But for me, number 10, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Okay. I have a problem with him being in the Hall of Fame. Not because he wasn't a great quarterback. He had such a short career. It says he played 12 seasons. Realistically, when you break that down... He probably played maybe five to six full seasons. The first season he was with the Rams, didn't play, got into one game. Second season, before that second season, was when Trent Green got injured and he came in to play. He being Kurt Warner, came in to play. And then won the Super Bowl that year. Remember the magical run he had? Yeah. A couple of really great seasons. You know, the Rams kind of fell off a little bit. He ended up going to New York for one season to start in front of the then-rookie Eli Manning. That only lasted a few games before Eli got in. And then he went to Arizona, where he had a couple mediocre seasons before really taking off and becoming the quarterback he was at the end of his career for two to two really good seasons and one mediocre. Did take the Cardinals to a Super Bowl and almost won. I mean, the numbers are, are, are good, considering he only had really, I'm going to call it six full seasons out of 12. Realistically, I mean, he had 124, uh, 120, only played 124 games in those 12 seasons. Only 67 wins as a quarterback. It's not a dumb. not great. 32,000 passing yards, 208 touchdowns, 128 picks. For those of you who may not be familiar, that's also interceptions. Yeah. Sorry, you know, terminology. He did win the Super Bowl. He was a Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's a good dude, does a lot for charity. Uh, it was a two-time MVP. I think considering the short career, I mean, I did have a problem with him getting in the Hall of Fame, especially since I think it was first ballot, which I think is just ridiculous. But still one of the better quarterbacks and more accomplished. Because on this list, there's only one guy on my list who didn't at least get a Super Bowl or has a lot of hardware in his trophy case. We'll get to that later. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a hell of a player. I would love to have seen what he could do having a you know, 15 to 16 eight, you know, year career where he started the entire time. Had he played at that level he played at in his prime, uh, he could have very well been one of the all-time greats. It kind of sucks that he seemed like everywhere he went, at some point they kind of tried to push him out to get something better. Yeah, they really did. I mean, once you know, once he got done with the uh, 
with the Rams. It yeah. seemed like he went into New York as an afterthought. For, well, you know, the start for Eli. Kind of the same with Arizona. I think they almost picked him up on a flyer and ended up working out for him pretty good. But and they were trying to have, they were trying to push Matt Liner and Kurt Warner pushed Matt Liner out. Yeah, well, that's, until he re- until yeah. he retired. So my number ten um, was a personal favorite. Uh, so maybe I'm I'm shining a little biased. Randall Cunningham. Okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the numbers. He's barely in the top 50 in both uh, passing yards and touchdowns. But he's got three MVPs. You can't ignore that. I actually MVP. didn't know that. Three That's MVPs. That's impressive. Okay. Um, now he did have his one year in 1996 where he retired. Then he came back with Minnesota. Played three, or, three more years with Minnesota. Not great years. He had one great year and then two mediocre years. Then finished off with Dallas and Baltimore. But most of his accolades are with Philadelphia, his long career in Philadelphia. Wasn't Cunningham's really, really great year in Minnesota that Randy Moss's rookie season? I, would have, I believe that lines up, yeah, because uh, Moss was in 1998 Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And that lines up with uh, his um, – it, it lines up with Randall Cunningham's loan – First team All Pro, and his fourth Pro Bowl appearance. Okay, um, but I just think you have to factor in his ability to run is part of it. Now, unfortunately, he did compile early, especially early in his career, a lot of sacks, a lot of sack yards. So it really didn't help him. Didn't have tremendous success in the playoffs. Even that 1998 year that you mentioned, they they went one and one. So, didn't even make the Super Bowl that year. But I just think he's he's that first true mobile quarterback, dual threat that you see. Kind of the blueprint now. Yeah, yeah. Like like if he played nowadays, he'd be exceptional in in a lot of offenses. You know your your Arizona offense. Uh, your San Francisco offense. Baltimore. Even Baltimore early in his career? Absolutely. Uh, Bruce Arians down in Tampa Bay, he'd be a perfect fit because he loved to bomb the ball, mm-hmm. and that is what Bruce Arians loves to do. with. He was Jameis, but with talent and accuracy. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, I just think, and maybe, like I said, maybe I show a little bias towards uh, Randall Cunningham on this one, but I just I just think you, you, you can't ignore the fact that he's top 50, in passing and touchdowns with the one loss year of retirement and the fact that he was a dual threat quarterback with three MVPs. No, I didn't know about the three MVPs. That is very, very impressive. Getting one is impressive enough, having three. I was not aware of that, but that is uh see I learned something new today too. That's a nice little nugget. Alright, number nine. I believe we agree on number nine. We do. We did we did go through these beforehand. We normally don't, but we figured with you know, a lot of teams have multiple running backs, multiple receivers. We didn't really go over that before the show. Right. We made our lists, and then we went over it to see if we had any of them match. Because if we, they match, we're just going to discuss it at the same time instead yeah. of just, you know, just continuing to kind of regurgitate the same stuff. Number nine, Eli Manning. Peyton's little brother. Not Peyton. <laughs> so I used to call him all the time, not Peyton. Because I was a bitter Patriots fan. But, no, I mean, he had, he had a Hall of Fame career. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. 
I don't think there's much doubt about that. We've discussed that before. I mean, he had actually played in a lot of games. He, he played 16 seasons, 117 wins. He actually was 117 and 117 as a starter. That's not all that impressive. He was on a lot of mediocre Giants teams, but 57,000 career passing yards. I did not see that stat. I know I've you know, looked at it recently because we did our Izzy by Hall of Famer discussion, but uh, he had... 366 touchdowns, 244 interceptions. A two-time Super Bowl winner and a Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner. Payton's little brother had a pretty nice career. Yeah, he did. And he wasn't he wasn't anything you ever feared like his big brother, but he was consistent at least. And he, when he was on stage, he performed. So you, you as much as we want to try to tear him down? Yeah. You can't because the fact remains he has two Super Bowl rings. He's top top 10 in both passing yards and passing touchdowns. Whatever you think of the win-loss ratio, that's that's a piece of the pie, but you still got to say in in the time frame we're talking about, he's definitely a top 10 quarterback. Uh, here here's the thing. I mean, you got a guy like Kurt Warner at number 10, for me. Yeah. Uh, Eli has 50 more career wins. Uh, he has uh, one fewer playoff win overall. Four more interceptions, more picks. But like you said, the, the win-loss percentage doesn't so much matter when you when you win Super Bowls, it makes a lot of stuff go away. It does. Kurt Warner without the Super Bowl or the, or, or the playoff runs... It's not a Hall of Famer. There's nobody's even given him a second look at a Hall of Famer. If he doesn't win those rings and go to two other ones and damn near win. Eli doesn't win those those two Super Bowls against New England. Uh, he's Phillip Rivers. And Phillip Rivers, to me, is not a Hall of Famer. He's a nice stat collector. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. It would take a lot. It would take a lot for this year for Phillip Rivers to crack this list, much less get in the Hall of Famer. Phillip Rivers needs a ring. That basically That's how Philip Rivers gets in the Hall of Fame. He needs a ring. I would almost say he would need to be very seriously, if not the winner of the MVP this year, to get a secure position in the Hall of Fame. Um, and that's adding on a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Which, depending on what the Colts do, I don't know if they can feasibly think they're going to make it there. I've seen crazier things, but I wouldn't. I don't have any faith or confidence in Philip Rivers. I, I, that's not. I don't need. To, I don't need to uh, jump down that rabbit hole again. But that's that's a whole other conversation all of itself. But uh, I kind of uh, spilled the beans on number nine there. So, did you want to go number uh, eight, or do you yeah. want me to take mine? I'll go to number eight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Dan Marino. Dan number number eight that that high, huh? I, I don't know. No, or low, depending. No, no Super Bowl rings. I understand that. Um, he does have an MVP. He's top five in both passing yards and passing touchdowns. Five times he led the league in passing yards, and three times he led with touchdowns. And for a long, quite a long period of time, he was the um, all-time leader in single-season passing yards and Passing touchdowns, of course. Uh, Tom Brady broke that. 
Uh, actually, Peyton Manning broke that. Then Tom Brady broke that. Then Peyton Manning broke that. In passing yards, Drew Brees now holds that record. But for our time period, I mean, he just click, click, clicked a bunch of just... He's one of those guys you talk about where he's collected a lot of stats. And this is not even... You can't even blame the Patriots on this as much as Dolphin fans would want to. You can't even blame the Patriots on this because this is outside the scope of the Patriot dynasty. No, so, somehow the Dolphins not winning a Super Bowl during the Marino era is still Brady and Belichick's fault. At, I'm sure they. And I'm, I'm Dolphin positive Gate. they Dolphin blame Gate. Him. I'm positive they blame him, but he did have a star-studded career, I think, and he belongs, even though. I would say a good portion of his time period kind of starts before our time. He had enough in in our time that I put him on this list. Sure. And he's just just top 5 in our time in in, in the time that we're in where it's passing passing passing. And maybe over time he'll drop, you know, if Deshaun gets up there. Patrick Mahomes will probably potentially tear him down the list. Uh, I doubt Jimmy G gets up there, but you have some of these kids. Maybe Joe Burrow plays long enough and doesn't completely suck with Cincinnati. Uh, I know I'm forgetting a bunch of players. Russell Wilson will get up there, I bet. Um, Aaron Rodgers is clicking up that slowly. And I'm not even talking about the players that haven't even come to the league yet. But he'll still stand, even if he was top 20, for the time frame he played in and for how long it's, he's lasted, I just think he deserves to be on this list. I can't argue anything against Dan Marino, that's for sure. Uh, number eight for me, it's funny you just mentioned Russell Wilson. Number eight for me is Russell Wilson. You know I love Russell. I love Russell Wilson, too. Uh, I, I, he's always fun to watch play. You know, he always gives it his all. And all those the same dime a dozen sports cliches that we all love so much. But for me, more more even more than that, it's it, it's the numbers. And you just watch this guy on the field. You know he's in charge of that team. You know the other players know he's in charge of that team. And he has only played eight seasons. He's never missed a game. He's been beaten up a lot. Eighty six wins, which by the way, twenty nineteen more than Kurt Warner in his full Hall of Fame career. He's already almost at Kurt Warner's passing yards. He's about 3,000 shy of that. He's already passed his career touchdown totals. And by the way, for 227 career touchdowns and almost 30,000 career passing yards, how many interceptions do you think he has? I got to guess. In 128 games. Probably 30. 68. Oh, wow. Which is insanely low by the numbers compared to everybody else, except for two other people who I have not named on this list. But... Most quarterbacks have about 100 to 150 less interceptions and touchdowns. There's a lot of really great quarterbacks who had really high interception totals, especially one that really surprised me. That's later on. I'll, I'll mention once we get to him. But has you know, he has the uh, Super Bowl? Doesn't have any other accolades. It surprised me. I think he's been an MVP candidate a few times. Yeah, but he hasn't got it yet. Hasn't got it yet. I think before his career is over because he's still young. He's about he's about middle of the road for his career. When, when we see the old guard move on, obviously Mahomes will still be there, and so will Deshaun. 
and Lamar, but you'll see some of these other guys oh, yeah. go away yep. and his odds will increase. And especially if they decide to pick up another receiver in the draft, then their offense will be unhinged. Especially if one of their running backs could just stay healthy for the season. Yeah, I mean, that'd be nice for the entire offense. I mean, we, we talked about that before with Russell Wilson way, way back. I mean, I think that was in our God, late teens, early 20s in episode numbers. Yeah. We talked about Russell Wilson, maybe even earlier than that, how he was the best of the next yeah. wave. And I'm not talking next wave like Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, the guys who've been to around play more than like three to five years. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the best of that class for sure. So, all right, on to number seven. I will. Uh, you want to do this one or you want me to? You go ahead and do this we one. We have the same player at number seven. Yeah, you go ahead. So, and again, much like nine, we agree that Ben Roethlisberger is the seventh best quarterback we've seen. Uh, 144 career wins, played 16 seasons. Actually drafted in the same draft as Eli, so that was a pretty, it's a pretty good quarterback here. There's a guy in Phillip Rivers who other people might put in the top ten. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I want to know those people, but <laughs> they're out there, I'm sure, somewhere. Somewhere they're out there. Yeah, I mean, Big Ben, two Super Bowls, Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, 360-plus career touchdowns, over 55 career, uh, 55,000 career passing yards, 13 playoff wins, Hall of Famer all day, and I don't, I don't think he's done. I think he says he still wants to come back and play. He hasn't retired yet, so we'll see what he has left in the tank, but even if he retires right now, he's a Hall of Famer. He's probably looking at two more seasons depending because his body type just doesn't the body no. type and the playing style just doesn't he's not gonna be tom and i'm and, surprised eli he asked eli honestly right. eli looked like he had the build to be able to do it and just, I, it just wasn't able the to. arm strength just fell off so much yeah where big ben he's got the arm strength but the body type and the, the way he plays where he just won't go down he's gonna cause injury that's why there's rumors that the Steelers might go into this draft looking for their replacement because it's not Hodges as much as he's no. a fan favorite. It's not, it's not Mason Rudolph? And it's not Mason oh, Rudolph. man. So, yeah. Miles I, Garrett approves. I, I, I like him at this position at number seven. I think it's right where he should be. Should be. He plays two or three more seasons. He could raise his profile, um, especially if uh, Aaron Rodgers – which we'll get to later, um, doesn't incur any more Super Bowl rings um, because he's passed him. Uh, Rollins has pass, passed him on passing yards, and he's close to him on touchdowns, and they're both kind of almost at the same point where they're winding up their career. Yeah, I, I had difficulty with Roethlisberger being number seven. I almost put him on number six over the guy I have at six. All right. And it just came down to he's been great, but, and, you know, he's been tough and he's had a lot of injuries. He's, he's come back from and played through. I couldn't put him above anybody in my top five. I just think even though he's had a ton of weapons, like, like compared to some of the other <clears throat> greats that haven't had quite the weapons, you get my insinuation, they have been different. Like, throughout his career, he's always been cycling through different yeah. players. Yeah. They've been talented, and Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the best franchises in, in drafting, uh, especially wide receivers. But he just keeps cycling through different – just think of all the players. Uh, Plexico Burris, Heinz Ward, uh, 
Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Now he's got Juju Smith-Suster, and I'm missing a whole ton of, you know, second and third. Um, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders yeah. yeah. Like, just tons of players that they cycle through. Talented, but they've been, you know, Pittsburgh has a way of doing things. Talented or not, there's still an adjustment that goes along with yep. playing with different people. You're going to have, I mean, that's why a great team will always beat a great group of individuals. That's, I mean, quite honestly, I know the Patriots have had some stars, but I think over the past 20 years, the Patriots have proved that with their overall team mentality. Right. They didn't always have the most stars on the field. Were they a more, before they won Super Bowl 53 against uh, LA Rams, were they better star power wise, star for star than the Rams? No. Not even close. Not even close. Not the Rams the both times they played them, actually, in 36 and 53, but they were the better team. Right. So. When you have a, a player like Roethlisberger who can bring people together as a team, it's no surprise he's had a success. All right, so are we the same guy for number six? Also, no, we don't. Okay, you want to go first then? No, I'll go first. All right, number six for you. I have a Aaron. Oh, okay, we do have the same player then because I do as well. Oh, so I thought we were different on six. No, I guess not because I have him too. Oh, well, I have a Aaron. All right, I do too. I as well have the. I never do anything wrong. I'm the perfect player, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you don't love the discount, discount double check? No, I mean, for all the crap I gave him, I mean, I, I really don't, I don't have any disdain for him. I, I don't like how he kind of throws people under the bus. Oh, he is very good at that. When the I time mean, comes. He's, our, our favorite player, he just, just hates with a passion. He is, yeah, yeah. That poor MVS just gets crapped yeah, he, on MVS week. is so misused, but, no, I mean, Rodgers is, is great. There's no denying that. I mean, you look at his stats. I mean, I'm not going to just read down every stat line here, but I mean, he, you know, he already has almost as many career wins as Eli Manning, and he's played. You think Aaron Rodgers has played? This is he's going into his 16th season. He's played 15 so far. Remember though, the first three, he never yeah, saw the field because no. Brett Favre was still there. So he's a, he's accrued all the things he has, all the stats he has in 12 seasons, which when you look at his stat line of 46,000 plus career passing yards, 364 touchdowns. I mean, and only 84 interceptions in that time. I mean, you cannot deny how impressive that is. Yeah. And realistically. And one of those seasons, he was injured most of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he is a two-time MVP, and he's won the Super Bowl. Ten career playoff wins. I mean, this guy already has Hall of Fame caliber resume. I just don't like the fact that, oh, all of a sudden it's not working with the same coach I've had for years, it's clearly the coach's fault. I'm going to throw him under the bus and get him fired. Come on, Matt LaFleur. I'll tell you how to coach. And it, it, I don't really like the way he handles himself sometimes. He is kind of whiny. No, oh, yeah, he is. For all the people who complain about how whiny Tom Brady supposedly is, I mean, listen to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on. He's, he's probably the worst kind of teammate you want. Because even though he does demand a lot, um, he doesn't – doesn't seem like he elevates enough players no. to his level or tries to. It's just like, oh, you're not you're not doing enough. Oh, well, then I don't want you. It's your it's your fault. We're not winning. Then. It's like the way yeah. Tom treated uh, Nikhil Harry and yeah. uh, Jacor- Jacoby Myers this, this past season. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not good enough. Oh, well, you're not even going to try, Tom. No, no, I'm not. I, they're not no good. Jules, you, you, you. So, right, and then when Edelman's hurt, he has nobody to throw to. Right, <laughs> yeah. it's his own fault. Just like it's Rogers. Yep. Well, yep. when Greg Jennings moves on and and Randall Cobb moved on, it's like there's only so much. Again, we get we'll get back to the point of there's only so much money to go around. 
you have to decide as a starting quarterback how much you want to take because that's going to take away from your team at mm-hmm. some point. Patrick Mahomes, you need to pay attention to this. Oh, not not on our uh, not on our discussion or our, our show our show doc here, but uh, the Chiefs are say breaking news: Patrick Mahomes' contract is a primary concern. No, sh- that's what accounts shit. for news nowadays in this quarantine world. So, I guess uh, I guess I don't know. I'll tell you what, Andy Reid after breakfast too. That's also breaking news. But anyways, on our list, back to the list. Yeah. Uh, your number six? Oh, you had uh, Rodgers, right? Yeah, that was six. All right, so number five. Number five for me is Dan Marino. Uh, he's only five because I couldn't put him above the other four on my list because he doesn't have a ring. And it's not the only thing that matters. <clears throat> See Phillip Rivers. <laughs> uh, but it, it does matter. It does. I mean, you do a part of being, this is the gr- a great quarterback, and where receiver and running back can be a little bit more stat-based. You need to be a good teammate if you're one of those positions, but you also, it's not the same as quarterback. Quarterback, you are the leader. You are the guy who's supposed to, if you're good, be the one to lead your team. And Marino did that just fine. He was, like you said, the all-time leading passer for quite some time. Um, But, I mean, he never got the big one. You know, he does have, you know, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which we're real big on here. Yeah. He has an MVP. He was an Offensive Player of the Year. More often than not, those are usually the same season. Um, But, I mean, Hall of Fame career, great player, eight career playoff wins, 147 regular season wins. I mean, that's not nothing, but when you run down the list of the first, you know, the first four guys we all have on our list here, it's... Or the top four guys, excuse me. It's like, can you really put him without a ring in front of any of those guys? And I just I just couldn't. Right. But doesn't mean he's no good. He's a great player. Um, maybe if I'd seen a little bit more of him play when I was younger, I might have a different, different feeling on it because we did really – I really got in to football around the back half of his career. Right, same here. So it was like, well, I you know I saw him play plenty. I never saw any of that real early special Marino stuff that made him who he was. So, but I mean, he still belongs on this list. But you do have to think one thing during his career. I can think of just off the top of my head, uh, two teams, and there's probably more, but two teams specifically that uh, got three different Super Bowls, and that's San Francisco and Dallas. Right, and that's just off the top of my head, uh, without looking at it. Right. That got three three Super Bowls in his time frame, and those are two teams on the a- NFC side. He couldn't even make it past the team that lost in the Super Bowl. I yeah, mean, four I, straight I, years I was about Buffalo. That either. Yeah, you're right. Four straight years Buffalo. So I gotta assume th- the Dolphins faced him at least once in those, and they couldn't make they couldn't pace, make it past any of the teams in the AFC, much less making it to, to the Super Bowl, and it just. I mean, maybe I punished him way too much for not having a Super Bowl, having him down at eight. But I agree 100%. It's like just the top, at least the top, my top four. I mean, ours is slightly different. Yeah, I believe number four is different. I think three, two, and one but are the, the same. the yeah. top three, I mean, there's no way. He, there's no, no way. It's impossible for him to make the top three in this list 
just without without the Super Bowl ring. And you're going to see Patrick Mahomes fly by him very quickly. And if Deshaun can pick up, well, if Deshaun can get out of Houston and pick up a ring, then he's going to pass right by him too. He, he, Dan Marino is going to, as great as his numbers will be, and I think they'll hold up somewhat, he's just going to go down, 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 down that list. Like Terry Bradshaw, for the longest time, was one of the the great quarterbacks. But mid-90s, I think you started to see, uh, yeah, he started to get pushed down and pushed down. And now, even though he's 4-0 in a Super Bowl, he's not even thought of. But yeah, but yeah, but was he one of the? I think this is more to your point. Was he really one of the all-time greats? I mean, he no, was behind he had the, two great he, receivers. Yeah, behind the steel curtain with tremendous receivers. He had Stallworth and Lynch. Yeah. they were they were his numbers are not impressive. They, and the teams were littered with with Hall of Famers. And this was a time where there's no free agency, so you literally kept the team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're four zero in Super Bowls, but you weren't that great. You put him on. You put him on hit, the way he played that, then. You put it now. He's Philip Rivers. He's probably he's Joe Flacco because <laughs> he's going to want his money, right? Right. He's going to be a middle of the road quarterback, and he's going to want to make as much money as he can. So he's going to break the bank. And he's going to be like you said, Philip Rivers. You know, maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe squeaks one Super Bowl ring in, but just never going to be enough. And Dan Marino might just fall into that that trap where he's just pushed down lists so much because. It's as it's as an eyesore for him. All right, we got next number five. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Okay. I I just he he is the prototypical gunslinger, and that's putting it mildly. I know, I know. I'm 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 really putting it mildly. He is he is Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes puts balls nobody should put in like he should there's no way he should make that cross body throw cross the field down the field to Tyreek Hill but he does it and he completes it the problem is that was far to his first couple of years and then once he lost even though he was still great he lost a little bit off of that fastball just a little bit and it started getting picked off but right. he still thought he could do it so that's where you have to train yourself if like if I lose that zip I need to rethink how I do stuff I'm kind of going to break break form here because I'd be going next with my number four, mm-hmm. who is your number five is Brett Favre. My number four is Brett Favre. So no need to just get into this twice yeah. to have this conversation. Uh, I mean, 186 wins. Yeah. That is not nothing. That is very, very impressive. That's one of the one of the – that's the second highest on my list and I think one of the higher of all time. 13 playoff wins, 71, almost 72,000 career passing yards. Three-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, 508 touchdowns. Here's the gunslinger part. 336 interceptions. Far and away. Far and away the highest on my list. And it has to be one of the higher of all times, if not the highest. He was great when he was great, but he, at times, was feast or famine. You were going to get a guy who was going to lead you down to victory, or you were going to get a guy who threw a terrible interception on a bad pass right away. Yeah, he is number one. Yeah, okay. I didn't. I didn't really think anybody else would have had the time he, to he is, be any worse than that. He is number one by about sixty. Yeah, who's number two? George Blanda. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's been a while. Yeah, no. So I mean, I, and it's funny to say with with all the stats I just read, 
he still had 336 interceptions. Right. So, I mean, the reason guys like, for me, guys like uh, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, while they haven't had the complete total numbers of some of the other guys on this list, Aaron Rodgers has 84 picks. Russell Wilson was 68 picks. They didn't hurt their team when other players have. They were smart, which counts for a lot, especially at a position where you have to know a lot about what's going on on the field. Um, just tell it to Jerry Goff. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, True yeah, story. no, he's he's he is by far one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. If he'd been a little bit more careful with the ball, you can only imagine what his stats could have been. You but, know what his argument would be? What's that? Yeah, if, if I was if I wasn't the gunslinger I was, then I wouldn't have had success, as much success as I. Hey, I and that's did. a valid argument too, because a lot of those chances he took paid off. Right. So I can understand it, and, and to be honest. A lot of those 336 interceptions probably led to some of the higher stats because it probably put his team behind and he had to race back and throw the ball downfield to get, you know, to catch up. So, Like Tom and Peyton are going to throw the ball away when they don't see anything. Right. Whereas Brett's going to say, oh, well, there's three guys in between Greg Jennings. Yeah, I could fit that in there. Picked off. Mm-hmm. That's just the way he is. Right. And that was the way the Packers wanted him to play until – they decided not to. And it's interesting that he played for Minnesota at the end of his career. It is. Just a little side note. Who do you have number four? Number four? John Elway. Yeah. I know. You're not high on him. No, I mean, he was a great player. Don't get me wrong. Just, um, he was a really good player. And then Terrell Davis taking over those last two years of his career really really put him over the hump. I right. guess this is me, me again weighing... Super Bowls heavier. Sure. I mean, look at my list. I mean, it, it just, it's, it weighs, I weigh the Super Bowls really heavy. And having two, an MVP, he's 10th, he's ninth in passing yards, he's 12th in touchdowns. And he has one of the most memorable drives, which we wouldn't know about other than watching it uh, on replay. Right. The drive. Um, the Broncos against Cleveland, and I don't know what year it is, but... I want to say 86. I think I was alive, but I don't think I was I want to say it was 86. Uh, but probably one of the pivotal moments in, in, in sports history, and uh, well, maybe not sports history, but NFL history. NFL, yeah. I think I give more credit than you do on the two Super Bowl wins, but I think it's fair to to critique him a little bit with Terrell Davis carrying the load. But he did factor into the game itself more than he probably did in the season. Sure, and I'm not I'm not trying to discredit John Elway. John Elway had a, a good career. When I looked at the stats, though, for me it was nothing overwhelming. And the two Super Bowls, I mean, the, the win-loss record of the Broncos directly tied into Terrell Davis having his two monster seasons. Yep. Uh, those last two years they won the Super Bowl. I'm not taking it away from Elway. He still won them. I mean, you got to tell Dan Marino if he had to have an off year as a quarterback, but he had a running back to run for 2,000 yards, but he still got a ring. I'm sure he would not complain about it at all. It's just I look at the other guys on my list and what Dave accomplished as a leader. To me, Elway was always a little whiny too for for my taste. He was oh, always he, a little uh, kind of a prima donna. The stuff he pulled before the draft I wasn't a yep. big fan of. I, I kind of weigh all that stuff in too as far as character goes. People who played with him loved him. People who play for him now seem to like him too in Denver. 
So, I mean, you know, good for him. He won his two rings, but I, I, I couldn't put him on the list. I mean, he, he was, he was on the cutting room floor. Don't get me wrong. Right. He was, uh, we have our top 10, but he would have been an honorable mention. But I mean, I never saw him lead anything until somebody else great came to lift him up. He didn't lift that person up himself. So for me, that's not enough. Well, it's just like, I mean, we neither of us picked him, but it's just like Jim Kelly went to four straight Super Bowls. Right. But we didn't put him on the list because the yards weren't there, the touchdowns weren't there. Right. So it would have been needed for him to get at least two. I think that's the problem with Elway, too, to your point. Because of the rings, for you probably, like you said, you weigh heavy on that. That probably made his lack of stats okay. Yeah. For me, it didn't. That's why somebody like Kurt Warner, let's say about Kurt Warner and probably even Russell Wilson, as great as I think Russell Wilson is, if they don't have rings, they're not on this list. So, And did you even consider Troy Aikman at all? I looked at Troy, but his complete and total... I mean, he was supposed to have... I know he had one of the great running backs of all time. He was supposed to have one of the great all-time receivers. And this guy was supposed to be one of the smarter quarterbacks you'll ever see. There were like 35,000 career passing yards. I mean, there's... there's You have, what, three or four guys above 70,000. Yeah. A few more than that, about 60. 50s, you know, kind of rarefied error, too. You get down to the 35 range, there's there's, there's 40 or 50 guys who have 35,000 career passing yards. I mean, or more. I mean, it's not. It's Joe's got forty. Yeah, and we know how you feel about Joe. Joe, who? Flyco. Oh yeah, no God. I need. I felt I needed oh, to get a Joe Flacco plug. Ah, uh, Joe Flacco. I'm just gonna put Carson Wentz on a loop and just make you listen to that name over and over uh, again because no. you love bringing up Joe. Joe, I won a Super Bowl because of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Flacco. Oh my <laughs> God. Okay. Okay. Top three. We're just going to move on. Top three. Top three. There's no surprise here, folks. The top nah, it's three pretty, this is pretty are the same. Straightforward. Yeah. Uh, honestly, if you made your own list, and, and I would applaud you all to go out and make your own list and see, see if you would try to get one of these three out of their spots they're in. It's very, very hard to yeah, do that. Yeah, it's... None, nothing nothing really adds up to make each one of them has their own yeah, niche their own thing and and obviously there's one thing that weighs more than the others but you just can't dismiss one of these stats just to if you're a Broncos fan and you want to elevate John Elway to number 3 or number 2 okay make the argument that you can elevate one of these, one of the, or not elevate, descend one of yeah, these three these out of them. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. And we'll start at number three. Drew Brees. He has a Super Bowl. He had, he, he is the all time leader in passing yards. Mm-hmm. He is the all time leader in passing touchdowns. The, Respectable interception numbers, too. Only has 237 for his career. Did he get the accurate? Did he get the percentage? I think he got the percentage this year. I'm not I sure. believe he did. And like, I think he has the single season record. I know he's he's got multiple five thousand yard passing game. Uh, oh, I think he has seasons. three five thousand yard seasons. Oh no, he so. didn't get it. He didn't get it this year. He got. He must. I, I'm pretty sure he got it last year. 
also the two-time offensive player of the year. No MVPs, which surprised me, but he didn't have an MVP. He does have the two offensive player of the year awards. Right. Walter Payton man of the year award. Countless Pro Bowls. I mean, 77,000-plus career passing yards. Just insane. Almost over, over twice what Troy Aikman had. So you want to tell me you can take somebody like this off the list and put him on there? You almost almost twice what John Elway had. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to dig on your number four pick here. I'm just saying, like, go ahead and try to make the argument you can put him on there. Because guess what? When it comes to being a good quarterback, championships matter. Stats matter. Uh, how your, your team perceives you and looks at you as far as a leader matters. Uh, Drew Brees is the heart and soul of that Saints team, and he has been since the day he showed up there. And there's no doubt. That's the thing you can say about, well, well, actually, uh, all three of these guys, when they were in their prime and they were on their team where they saw all their success, they were the heart and soul of their team. Right. And, I mean, he's – how do you put anybody above him? There's – I mean, the two people above him. Right. Notwithstanding – how do you put take anybody we just mentioned or anybody else and say they're better than Drew Brees? Like if Drew Brees has two or three Super Bowls, he's the best quarterback ever. You can make that argument. You, you could argue. I mean, I still think number one is pretty solid, and I have a hard time knocking off number two. But you could absolutely make the argument if Drew Brees has three rings, there's, there's he's the greatest made. of all time. That's there's it. A, there's there's no argument number two. There's no argument number two, uh, other than two players. And now you're having a serious discussion at number one. Number one would have twice as many rings as that right. spoiler, but we're going to get on to number two. Uh, but just as a side note, just to finish off what's Drew, that? he's at the top six single-season passing yard, uh, yards. The top six. So the top six passing yard seasons of all time are Drew yeah. Brees. Thank you. Wow. Oh, no, <laughs> top four of the top six. I'm four sorry. of the top six, okay. Sorry. Each, oh, well, what a schmuck. I was, I was stepping four. over my words. Only four of them. Wow. Louis now, <clears throat> the number one is not Drew Brees. It's Peyton Manning, who's our number two on the list. Yep. yep. Good he old. actually holds it by one yard. Eli's big brother. Eli's big brother had quite a career. He did. And and two Super Bowl rings. Uh, we got to give him credit for that. Five MVPs. Five-time MVP award. Five-time MVP. Five MVPs. He's third in passing yards. He's third in touchdowns. Obviously, he will not add to those lists because he is Dude, if moved on. You... Well, okay, he's not doing like football anymore. He's not dead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, moved on's probably the, not the – Peyton's still okay as far as I know. No, no jinx, Mr. Manning. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, 539 career touchdown passes. Yep. That's insane. Uh, 14 playoff wins. <sighs> Again, Walter Payton, uh, Man of the Year Award winner. Uh, only two Offensive Player of the Year awards, so he's kind of sleeping in that department by his standards. No, I mean, how, if you, number one, notwithstanding, if you looked at this guy's stat line, much like a Drew Brees, just in, in a vacuum, and you said, how is anybody better than this? Who could be better? I, I don't, don't want to, I don't want to look across the field and see the guy who actually beat this guy out. But somebody did. Somebody did. Yeah. Who was that, Chris? Well, at number one on our best quarterbacks we've ever seen list, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, great Tom Brady. Oh, that's incorrect. No, it's Tom Brady. That's correct. But he's not Tampa Bay great. 
He hasn't Ace, played Ace, again, he, you know? he, he left us. He left us. That's fair. He left us because of, you know, schoolyard argument reasons. But, no, nah, whatever. All kidding aside, uh, man, where do you start? 219 career wins. 30 playoff wins. What percentage of starting quarterbacks ever don't even have 30 wins? Never mind 30 playoff wins. What percentage of quarterbacks have more than three Super Bowl appearances? Yeah, and but he's no, no. lost three. I'm, I'm talking about something that's much more common because there's one Super Bowl a year. There's 16 wins in the NFL each week. How many quarterbacks don't even have 30 wins? Never mind playoff wins. 75,000 passing yards. 540-plus touchdowns. 179 interceptions, extremely low for his numbers. That is the kind of pace that not only Russell, um, Russell Wilson, yeah, but Aaron Rodgers are also on. In fact, I think actually, I think Russell's even on a better percentage as far as, um, you know, if you were to go, you know, yard for yard. Yeah. Six Super Bowls, nine Super Bowl appearances, three MVPs, two Offensive Player of the Year awards. Uh, I guess Tom Brady does do quite a bit for charity, but he's kind of more of a shut-in, so he's not really out there like Manning or Breeze where they get the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Um, but, I mean, I, look, you cannot like this guy. That's fine. But if you're a fan of this game played at a high level, any of the three top three guys we just mentioned, how can you not – like? These are probably the three greatest quarterbacks who've ever played the game. Forget now or in our lifetime. Ever. We got to watch them play during the same time period. That's ridiculous. It's the only reason why Drew Brees doesn't have an MVP. Because Brady and Manning stole them all. Majority of them, yeah. Like Brady and Manning have have them for that time period. There's uh, eight between the two of them. I mean, you're 100% right, Drew. I mean, Drew Brees probably has two or three if it isn't for those two guys. And and Tom, like only, only has three All-Pro first teams in 20 years. He only has three because you're split in between right multiple quarterbacks, and there can only be greatness is stealing from greatness. One right. first team, one one quarterback on the first team All-Pro. And to be honest, because he was in New England, not trying to cry a river here, but the media was not often in the Patriots' favor. True. So, I mean, I mean, this area around this area was, but across the nation. So, you have sports writers and, and things, you know, voting on a lot of that stuff. Brady's not going to win over Manning a lot because you can make the argument Manning got it too. It's not egregious to think Peyton Manning would have would have you know actually won those. I'm just saying, like. If you have two almost equals, you're going to go with uh, the the one that everybody likes a lot more because it's going to make you look better over the leader of the evil empire and Tom Brady. You know, and It's just kind of funny that the three years he won MVP are the only three years he had AP first team. It almost like the AP was forced to put him in that uh, first team because of the epic year that he had, the... 50 touchdown year in, in 07. The 36 touchdowns to four interceptions in 2010. And the 4,500 4, yards, 32 touchdowns, and eight interceptions in 17. Yeah, you know the funny thing? I believe, I know at least two of them are true. It might be all three. Two of the three or all three. And times he won MVP, he lost the Super Bowl. Seven. Yeah. 
I know at least 07 and, 20, and 17 were. I don't know if the 10 was the second game against the Giants or not, but um, I don't think it was. Because, no, cause that would have been, it was 42 and 46. Uh, it's, it's possible. All right, they didn't make they didn't make it out of the uh, first their first game in 2010. 2010. That was the Baltimore game, wasn't it? They probably, lost to Baltimore. It was probably Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, still, it just. I actually was always whenever whenever he was up for MVP. Whenever he was like, oh, he, he has a good chance of winning. I was like, please don't win, please don't win, please don't win, because it got to a point where it was almost like a jinx for him. And like the year they came back in Super Bowl 51 against the Falcons. Matt Ryan won the MVP, and I'm like, oh no, we're good. We're gonna get this. Yeah, we got this game because he didn't. He didn't get the MVP, so we're fine. It's just incredible the the stats he put up, and to even though he played 20 years in in New England, you have to take two of those years out because he didn't play his first season, and we all know what happened in 08. Yeah, the cheap shot by um, Pollard. Pollard. Yeah. So that's 18 years of consistency. Of domination, nine Super Bowls, six wins. Honestly, the one person there's probably one person on a path to maybe usurp Tom Brady, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Well, let's see how they do after he gets his mega contract. And that's what I'm saying. Like he's on a path because you could say Russell Wilson was was on a path. Because he got one in his first year. Right. But you said he's now in year nine. He has one appearance against the Patriots. And since he then, have another since win. then you mean, right? Hmm? Since then you mean, right? Since, since then. Oh, okay. He's had one appearance in the Super Bowl, and that's it. Now, I'm not discrediting No, right, yeah. No, I know. Just, I'm right, just yeah. saying, to get to this level, you have to start early, or you're just going to need to compile at the end of your career. Here's my only problem with the Chiefs doing it and Patrick Mahomes. Yep. The Chiefs, I'm not trying to rain any Chiefs fans parade out there. He had a hell of a season and he had a really, really good team. And your quarterback is phenomenal. The kid's going to be a stud for years to come. But the Chiefs already appear like they are way too into the, we had this team, this team won, we have to bring all these players back. That is a common error. That's a com- very common error with teams that have a great year in a great player, and they think they have to keep a different sport, but the Red Sox did that in 20, was, 2018. No, no, don't don't just label it to 18. They did it in Well, every, yeah, actually, too. every year after they won this World Series, they did the same thing, whether it was 04 or 07. They brought back all the same players who had great playoff series with them but had mediocre regular seasons, and it bit them in the ass, and they weren't the same for several years. The Patriots, say what you want about the Patriots, man. They knew how to run a team. That, that's the reason they stayed consistent. They didn't play with any emotion. They just let Tom Brady walk to Tampa Bay. Tom freaking Brady, number one, Tom freaking Brady. They just let him walk to Tampa Bay because they weren't going to pony up the dough because they thought, well, you know what? He's getting up there in age. We can move on. The Jamie Collins had won a, a, a great season. You had him in discussion for Defensive Player of the Year for a while. He was considered Defensive Player of the Year for, for the final vote. Where did he go? Detroit. They just let him go. Kyle Van Noy, who has been a key in some of these uh, Patriot victories in the Super Bowl, went to Miami. He just let him go. It's like, you just got to know when you need to turn the roster over. And maybe not like cataclysmically, but 
you know, in the right spots. You can't focus on constantly bringing the same team back over and over again. We play with somebody in a fantasy league, and I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna say who it is. I don't want her to feel bad. Um, but kind of takes the same players year after year. Yeah, can't do that. And it's like when it, this person won a championship with a certain roster, and then they kept taking the same players. Obviously, that's fantasy, not reality. But the point stands. Just because somebody is something one year doesn't mean they're going to be something the next year. The Chiefs are smart for making Patrick Mahomes a priority. They need to keep that kid. He's the best, and, and right now, quarterback-wise, talk about athlete-wise, it's Lamar. You talk about quarterback-wise, it's Mahomes, it's Russell Wilson. Those guys are special. But you just can't continue to bring back the same people over. What do we say about Sammy Watkins? They should have. They, they should have let him walk and save that money because they have like twelve dollars in salary cap space. And then what did they do? They restructured. They, they restructured. And I believe they gave him a nine to nine or ten million dollars this year. Sammy Watkins is straight out of the Amari Cooper school of mediocrity. Yeah. Sammy Watkins is so overrated; it's beyond beyond comprehension. You would have been fine with McCall Hardman and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and whoever else you picked up or you had. Well, they brought in, they brought back Demarcus Russell over Robinson still. Yeah, and you could have let him walk. I, they probably should have let him walk. You should have let Sammy Watkins walk without a doubt. It's not just about the money, too. There's something to be said about bringing players in to have a drive to get a, get a ring. So if you keep bringing back the same players over and over again who already have a ring, now, Tom Brady is an aberration because what does Tom always say? What's his favorite? What's his favorite Super Bowl? The next one, exactly. It's an aberration. You don't get a lot of. You don't get a lot of that. You have some players who are just. I got my ring. Okay, great. We had fun doing it though, too, right? Lane Johnson. Yeah, yeah. What Lane have you Johnson. Done since? Lane had a great time winning one. Yeah. Right. So it it's imperative that now they did make a few changes. And I mean few on defense, but it seems like overall they're pretty much the same team. And 20, 20, 22 of 24 or 20 of 22 starters are returning. It's like you can't, I mean, that's great for guys like Mahomes and Damian Williams and, and your star defenders, but you can't just say every role player is going to be the same every year. And Samuel Watkins on an offense is a role player. Yeah. Damian Williams is a role player. It would have behooved them to say, I understand he had a very – very nice contract to re-up. I think he's was that exclusive rights or it was basically it was very small money. Again, it's not about the money on this player. It was you should take him and either let him go elsewhere or you should take him and spin him for a pick or two. See, I think Damian Williams was smart to keep because he's still in his prime and he's affordable. So I don't see why you get rid of him. That does that makes sense for me to keep him. I think you need I think you need some players to push. Unless you're going to bring in a rookie to try to push him and you let LaShawn McCoy go and you let the other guys go and you bring some – you got to bring some kids in well, to push these starters because they'll get fat and happy off this Super Bowl <laughs> ring. Some of them won't get fat, literally, but they'll get happy on we, – we won one Super Bowl. And if that's what you want, great. Then you could be – you know, Drew Brees, who maybe he's happy with, I doubt he's happy with the one ring, but maybe he's happy with the one ring. Aaron Rodgers, who's happy with his one ring, you know, but 
maybe you maybe you want more and you should want more and you should want to build that next dynasty to have your name etched in time because if Patrick Mahomes does nothing for his career and he ends up what 12th let's say 12th in uh passing yards and eighth in passing touchdowns and has one Super Bowl ring what's that well, you said things that uh, I mentioned Damian Williams, and you said you got to keep him motivated. Maybe Damian Williams is still playing for that Super Bowl MVP trophy. He should have won because that was that was he was criminal. the MVP of that game. Criminal. No disrespect to Mahomes, he was he was Mahomes had a very nice fourth quarter, but Damian Williams was the MVP of that game. Damian Williams could be arguably the MVP of the playoffs. Yeah, because he was super productive, and I didn't see it coming. Super productive. If they don't get their hands on Damian Williams. We might have a different story. Well, I mean, we were talking about quarterbacks. Yes. So let's uh, let's get to your top five QB picks from the upcoming draft. Talk a little bit about some of the players we might be talking about in 10 to 15 years on this list. Well, some of them I think we'll be talking about quite a while, and then some of them I don't think we'll be talking about for too much lo- too much longer. Like the great Josh Rosen. So we got we got we're going to start off with Joe Burrow who is the darling of, of the draft, projected to go first overall. And might want to play for Cincinnati. He's not might. sure. He's might not sure. Play. He's not he positive. He's not 100% sure. I think, looking at his statement, now I'll, be, I'll preface this by saying, I am not some great quarterback guru. I am not some great evaluator of quarterbacks. I looked at his tape. I looked at a couple other players, just like I did with receiver. I had a hard time because I wasn't, completely sold on what I should be looking at. But when I look at Joe Burrow and I looked at Andrew Luck, I saw a lot of similarities. Mm. Mobility, not just like inside the pocket, but able to roll out and, and scramble for a few yards. Had all the touches, all the tiers, you know, the, the, the short passes, the intermediate and the deep ball that, that Andrew Luck could. The accuracy, the just standing in the pocket and just the pocket presence just seems like Andrew Luck, hopefully with more protection. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't end up in the same road as uh, Andrew Luck as far as injuries go. Obviously, we'll go into who's going to pick him. We, we think it's going to be Cincinnati. Yeah, all signs point to Cincinnati. They've made no indication that they're going to be moving anywhere in a draft. No. I still think they'd be more, more than open to trading – down a little bit to take one of the other quarterbacks and getting in a couple other first round picks in the future. But yeah, they would. I don't think based. I, I think if we lived in a world where we could do all the in person interviews, if it wasn't all this quarantine and shutdown going on, you might have a little bit higher of a chance of them trading away that pick. You might find out more. Yeah, more like. information on the other players. And you might not. You might might find more that you don't like about Joe. About, absolutely, that too. Yeah, that will lead towards Justin or Tua. I just don't I think he's the first pick. I don't think I don't think they kind of veer from that because they need a franchise quarterback. Oh absolutely. Um so I mean he's I think he's gonna be the guy. Have they actually released Andy Dalton yet? No. So Andy Dalton's technically still on the team. Correct. And and it's a little bit more interesting. Very heavy contract. A little bit more interesting. Yeah that's what do you got next? Uh Tua Tungavailoa. That is a mouthful I've been saying it for like three years, so I've kind of 
I've I'm still on Yannick Njaku. I got that. I don't want to veer away from that because I, I got that one down finally. So Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's quite an accomplishment for me. Uh, when I looked at Tua, there's, there was really one player that I looked at afterwards because it just kind of kind of clicked when I saw him, and that's Russell Wilson. Not a bad comp. Just because the touchdown to interception ratio is there. It, it was 87 to 12, I think, in his in his three years. The mobility, the honestly, unfortunately, the stature where they're both kind of shorter quarterbacks, so they have to utilize all their athletic abilities to make plays, and just the versatility of him able to dump the ball off and pitch that ball deep. And he he had some receivers that he could probably outthrow, and he tried to sometimes. And I just, I just, I personally would take Tua over Joe because I like I like a few years of of a player playing and seeing right. him over a couple years where a conference you're playing is able to adjust to that quarterback where Joe had one season at LSU you could debate if he was playing next year that your Alabama, your Georgia your top teams in the SEC could adjust to Joe Burrow and make it harder on his life to perform. See, it's funny you mentioned that about him him being higher on your list than Burrow because all, all the things I'm hearing are everyone's concerned about his injuries yeah. and they're saying instead of being the second best, first of all, like I said, Burrow played one year. Mm-hmm. Tua, I'm not even trying the last name yet. And maybe by the time we get the next episode, Tagovailoa. Yeah, no, no, dude. And I got, I have, I have a difficult last name to pronounce, and I'm not even trying that. But if, you know, Tua was the, the number consensus number one overall pick before the year started. I, I, I realize that's, you know, you don't really know what's going to happen during that season, so you know, it, it can change. But now it's almost like people are, oh, he got hurt, even though he's played through injuries before, and he's shown what an athlete he could be. And plenty of really great quarterbacks have injury concerns and issues throughout their career. You kind of you're kind of seeing people knock him down the third, fourth on the list. Even I doubt very highly come draft day, especially since I think Burrow will go number one. Yeah, I doubt this kid's there. It's either going to be Miami or if for some reason they fold on that or fumble that. It's going to be L.A. Chargers. I take him. There's no way he makes it past six. There's and those no are the way. two teams. Well, that and then uh, third is Jacksonville. I have on the list. Oh, they got mustache potential. madness down there. They got mustache madness. They don't need that. No, I, I. That's like the outlier that would be like if, for some reason, Miami and and LA pass on uh, Tua, he'd probably slip down to that because seven is Carolina. They're not taking him. Eight is, I can't remember who eight is, but I know they're not on the board for. For him, so nine, Jacksonville would possibly make some sense, especially at that point. At nine, if two is not taken and only Justin Herbert's taken, you're probably not seeing Isaiah Simmons. You're probably not seeing the three big tackles on the board anymore. Now the options are Tua and who else? Now we've we've talked about teams, you know, trading. Or the Giants not necessarily not necessarily needing to be at four, right? Uh, I think if they want Isaiah Simmons, they're going to have to be there. But if they decide maybe they can get, you know, 
a couple of picks instead of that, and they can get still get the guy they want. I think somebody else who needs a quarterback tries trading up in the draft and jumping ahead oh, yeah. of L.A. And, and Miami, and who might that be besides Jacksonville? Or would it be Jacksonville? I mean, Indianapolis would be intriguing to try to jump. I think they're 13. They have their quarterback, but they have a stacked team. So would this be the gamble for the year for them to take a quarterback in the first round because they know – well, Phil Rivers is only here for a year. Right. And I think Jacoby's got at least another year or two on his contract. It'd be perfect for us to take a quarterback here because Philip knows the deal. He's here for a year. Right, maybe too. Right. That'd be really smart for them to do it, honestly. Uh, that'd, be good, that'd be a good move for them. The roster spot would be tight because then you have three quarterbacks and there's no way you're dumping any one of the three on the practice squad. Uh, they could dump Jacoby. They jumped Jacoby Brissett. They they probably would they don't essentially, but uh, Indianapolis I could see. I don't know if I see anybody else really jumping up for Tua. Maybe no. I think Indianapolis might jump. I think it's with Tua. It'll be Miami or the Chargers. Maybe Jacksonville, and if they don't, don't it doesn't go there. He's just gonna fall to a team that doesn't necessarily need a quarterback at this moment. But wants that next the heir apparent. But they want that yeah. next one. You know, uh, Green Bay, if they feel like that they need two, three years for him to develop because they feel like the first year would be that redshirt year. But they know Aaron Rodgers is kind of not on the right side. Or, crazy thought, I've seen this projection, to a drop in a 23. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. Uh, That's what if, I was going to say. Do you if think, you don't know, 23 is the New England Patriots. Do you think if he's still there at, you know, you get to 13, 14, then they try to take their pick and maybe a pick next year to move up and, and grab him? Bill? Yeah. No. Bill it's won. uncharacteristic, but it's always taking a guy like Nikhil Harry. Belichick, I think there's a lot more to Belichick and, and Brady realizing they wouldn't be together this season than meet the eye because they were both pros and they weren't going to mention it ahead of time. I think they both knew last year was the end of the road for them yeah. together. There's a reason Belichick took a, a receiver in the first round in the first time, if, if not ever in his career, first time in a very, very long time. He knew he was going to have to rebuild that receiving court with Edelman, Harry, uh, Jacoby Myers. Like he, he was preparing for this. Like he doesn't, Belichick doesn't do anything for no reason. Not that everything he does is perfect, but he doesn't just do things to do things. He knew what he was getting ready for. I know it's uncharacteristic, but he also hasn't needed a quarterback. Right. So, he jumps uh, for players he likes. He jumped for – he didn't jump for Gerard, right? Gerard Mayo? I don't he believe so. He jumped for Hightower, I think. I think he jumped for Hightower and Seymour. Right, and both those and, guys worked out pretty well. And one other player that I can't put my finger on that he jumped – in the first round only, that he jumped in the first round for. I don't think he jumped for Chandler Jones. I think they had the – that was the, I think that was the Raiders pick – that they got for Richard. Right. And that fell to a nice little spot to get him. But I know, and I think Vince Wolfhart dropped to them at 24. Was, I think it was 21. But I remember I remember that being their regular position. Cause everybody was, was like, how the hell do they get this guy? They just won the Super Bowl. I think it was just Hightower and um, Richard Seymour that they jumped up for. But Bill only jumps up for players that he really, really, really wants. That he feels the values there. So 
if he feels the value is there for Tua to take him, he will. But as we get on, when we talk about this on Monday, we'll talk about the uh, my mock draft. I don't think that the route that's the route they're going to take. I personally think that somebody else on your list is a much better fit for them. And we will get to him. And we'll get to them. What, what, what number three? Who you got for three? Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm not a fan. Now, I know I said what I said about two about having three years of film. And right. I, I like what he's you know put together, a nice career. Justin Herbert's got that same kind of thing. It's just there was so much hype with him, and yet he just never produced. Like for like three years straight. He's been the like the number one uh, pick on the Heisman uh, preseason, and what did he do by the end of the season? Nothing. He's done nothing. He's been an average to above average quarterback on a high powered offense in the Pac twelve, which the Pac twelve is full of crap, and they've done nothing. I see him as Jameis Winston. Only with a little more mobility. That's, At not, this point, that's not a great comp. No, it's not. He doesn't have the off-field off stuff that Winston has. But he's a big body. He's mobile. If you look at Jameis last year in Florida State and first year in Tampa Bay, he does have some mobility. Defensive player of the year, Jameis Winston. <laughs> I don't get dirty think turnovers. that, but... He's just he's just a big body with a big arm, which is why a lot of people love him. But there's just something in between the head, in between the ears, that just doesn't click. Like it's not a guy you. you he's gonna have a nice career. He's just not gonna be special. He's not worth a top five pick. One of those career guys that kind of you know he's he's kind of just outside the cusp of Hasselback. Yeah, okay. I'll put him at that All right. without a Super Bowl. Matt or Tim? Matt. Okay. No, not Tim. Not Tim. I think he'll be better than Tim, but Matt Well, that's not, that's not, you know, not aspiring for a whole lot there. And I think his his landing spot is the three same three teams that I picked with Tua. It's Miami, L.A., and Jacksonville, potentially. Now, Justin won't make it to Jacksonville. He won't. He's either going Miami or L.A. Whoever, does, whoever doesn't take Tua takes him. Right. Right. And it, and if neither of them take take Tua, Justin will be the first off the board. And then you could see L.A. If L.A. trades out of number six, Tua is going to fall. Okay. Unless you see an Indianapolis drop from 13 to, to six and add in a, a draft pick and they want Tua for some reason. So say all this goes as planned. Yeah. And you have you – know, you have uh... – Burrow go first, which I think was you'd have to have something really weird happen to not have that be the case now. Uh, you have, say, Tua goes to Miami, Herbert goes to L.A. Mm-hmm. We, the Jaguars, for, for whatever reason, just want to change quarterbacks twice a year. Who do they end up taking? Who's your fourth-best quarterback? Is he going to Jacksonville? No, he's not going to Jacksonville. Jordan Love is the number four in, in in most people's opinion, number four quarterback. I roughly equate him as a comp to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. He is a project. But there's potential. This is what's going to scare you. There's potential. I've, I've seen the film. So you're saying there's a chance. He looks good in some games. But 
Then there's a couple other games I saw, and he got tossed around pretty good. I don't want to use the analogy that's in my head, but you so can is, imagine. So is he tough then? Could he handle that? Or is what? Is he tough? Can he handle that kind of stuff? He is, can is, handle is, it. Is he, fold? it he, he seemed to be able to handle it. The problem well, was he went from one season last year, uh, the previous season, he had 32 touchdowns and six interceptions. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, not bad at all, especially for a shorter college season. This year he had 20 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Okay, not so good. And he did face... Uh, went from Aaron Rodgers to Jameis Winston from year to year. What the hell happened? I don't know. I mean, he did have to face LSU. So if I looked at the stats, maybe you could see a drop-off from when he faced it. Because when I say he got tossed around, basically LSU came in to Utah and beat him up pretty good. So I don't know what the stats were after that. All I know is he's getting a lot of love for whatever reason right now. I assume pun intended. Pun intended. Okay. Absolutely. I don't know why. Um, maybe because it's it, the draft season. They love all quarterbacks around the draft season. That's all it is, man. It's it's insane. Uh, I'm not a fan. I, I he's never been on my radar, and I think equating him to Ryan Tannehill is is appropriate because he's kind of the same thing. He's he's a project. He needs work. Ryan Ryan Tannehill took him what five six years to develop into what he is in Tennessee. And there were some injuries along the way too, so that slowed it down a little bit. Yeah, and. Continue and he's in Miami, which is a handicap in some seasons. Turn, continue turnover at, at head coach, at offensive coordinator, posi- uh, position, uh, wide receiver positions. I just don't think there's another, there's another way of, of, of putting it other than looking at him as Ryan Tannehill. Where I see him going, if Indianapolis, if he drops at 13 in Indianapolis and they want him at 13, great. If I were in Indianapolis, I wouldn't take him at 13 because that's bad value. As bad value. You drop back and you see if he falls to him. If you absolutely want him. So why the potential for Jacksonville to move up to take Herbert or Tua, but they wouldn't just take Jordan Love in their position? Because he's as much of a project as Gardner Minshew. Okay, so he's pretty much what they already have. I th- I think, because Gardner Minshew, we agree, is still a project, correct? Sure, absolutely, yeah. He but shows he some has, flashes, but he has a long way to go. Right. Yeah. So, if you're Jacksonville, do you want Gardner Minshew paired with Jordan Love, who is as much of a project as Gardner Minshew, only Gardner's got 12 games under his belt in the, in the pros, whereas Jordan doesn't have any? You might as well partner him, especially if three quarterbacks go off the board before Jacksonville at nine. That's three quarterbacks. So, six picks. Some you know, Other players were taken. You're getting value. Three tight, three tackles will be taken before Jacksonville picks at number nine. So now you have six players off the board. Three, three tackles and three quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks, three tackles. So now there's three other players. You're looking at Chase, Chase Young, possibly Jeff Makuda, and now who are you looking at at number nine? Isaiah Simmons. There you go. I just did the math for you. Okay. So... It doesn't. It makes sense for a Tua or a Justin to go to Jacksonville because you're getting value if they're at that pick. It doesn't make sense for Jordan Love because there's just so much work. Okay, that makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, that, that, that actually does. That adds up. You know who I like Jordan Love to go to, and this is a little bit deeper in the draft. Green Bay. Green Bay makes sense because he could learn behind Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers learned behind Brett Favre. That makes Aaron sense. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be 
receptive to this. He's going to want talent. But well, Brett Favre, Favre wasn't either, and look what happened there. Right. So. And it makes sense. This is kind of the nice spot for Green Bay to just take him. He's a project player. He needs a couple years to develop. It just makes sense. He probably won't land there because someone will probably pick him up before then because what always happens with quarterbacks, they're always overdrafted. Right. Unless you have a clear-cut number one. Hence your feeling on Daniel Jones. And I was wrong. At at this point, I was wrong. It looks like you were a little bit has you jumped the gun a little bit, but we'll we'll let we'll let you know time a little bit more play out before we say you were totally wrong of them spending the sixth overall pick on him. All right, so the gentleman you discussed before, who I really want the Patriots to get, yes, yeah, Jake from from Georgia, yeah. He is. I don't know something about this kid. He looks at you. Just watch him play, and he just everything about the way he moves screams quarterback. Okay. The and, and here's the problem with him is that you talk to people that just watch the game, or they just watch the stat line, or they just watch the results. They say, well, "Why is Jake Fromm special? He never won an SEC championship game. Uh, championship. He never played in the college football playoffs when he had." the most dominant defense you could ever have because he had inconsistent play at wide receiver. That's why you didn't have the talent yet. Did he have talent running back? Absolutely. The Andre Swift that, that this past year, you know what else he had in the backfield? He had Todd Gurley at one point and he had shown Sony Michelle at one point. So he had talent in the backfield, but that doesn't help you in the wide receiver position. I'm sorry. Jake Fromm is a polished pocket passer with a little bit of mobility. How did he play with Todd Gurley? I believe he played. I believe his his, his freshman year was with Todd Gurley. I believe. Uh, I could be wrong, but I believe his freshman year was with, with Todd Gurley. I believe. I could be wrong. All right. I stand corrected if he is. If he didn't. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to get you. I just think that the timeline just didn't add up unless he was a uh, five year senior. Who? Trump. I don't think so. Yeah. So I might be wrong. But I know he is polished. He's if you look at him, he makes all the passes. They're clean. Deep ball. I don't know if it's not there because it's not there, or it's not there because he didn't have the talent. Right, right, right. Uh I didn't see it. But I like what he brings to the table. He's he doesn't make headlines, he's not flashy. He's just consistent. He's the perfect Belichick Quiet. developmental player. Honestly, Chris, he's not even developmental. This is a guy in a, you don't have to say the perfect system, a pretty good system could just walk in and start for your team. I guess developmental was the, was the wrong the wrong term. I mean, he's already, you know, like when, you, when you're playing Madden, you have like create a player. Yeah. And they start at a baseline that's pretty good. That's like what him coming in would be like for Belichick. Like, I already have a pretty solid player here. Now I can impart my knowledge onto him, put him in the system, and kind of make him my new Darth Vader to uh, whatever the other leader's name was there. The guy above Vader. I forgot his oh, name. Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine, yeah. That's Belichick with the hoodie. Brady was Darth Vader. But now Brady, you know, Brady went to another galaxy far farther away, so... I appreciate you trying to. Do I give it, dude. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying, dude. I really am. But right, like, I, I yeah, you're trying. It's. It's just. <clears throat> let's move on. Yeah, I know a couple of people listen to Star Wars, listen to this, and they're gonna 
that's that's blasphemous They're what gonna, I just said. So you're gonna you're gonna feel the same way I'm feeling right now, <laughs> sitting across from this, experience it live, and just shaking my head in disappointment. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so Jake from oddly troll. enough, Chris Jake from I comp him to Matt Fa- Matthew Stafford. Ugh, let's hope only in a well the, 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 the irony is is where is Matthew, Matthew Stafford from Detroit. Well. Oh, college. College Georgia. school. Georgia, yeah. Yeah, Georgia. Uh, I think he's he's just as polished as, as Matthew Stafford was coming out of college. And obviously he was because he went right into the game and started day one. Right. Matthew I, Stafford has made a very nice career out of being on terrible teams, too. Right. So, so that's the problem with Jake Fromm is, is he's going to get stuck on a team. Now, I like him for number 23. He's in New England. Absolutely. I think this will be the right pick. It's a little a little high. If they were at 28 to 32, it would be perfect. But, of course, we can't everything everything perfect. I like him at Green Bay, although I don't believe he needs to sit for a year. It wouldn't hurt him. But it depends on where the Green Bay coaching staff front office are at with Aaron Rodgers. I also, outside thinking, Chris, here, two teams in the second round. Miami, if they don't take two, or Justin. If they go number five, they go defensive player at number 16, I believe it is, 16 or 17. They go linebacker or offensive tackle or offensive lineman in general. Then at 26, I believe it is, they take Jake Fromm as their starting quarterback. Or Indianapolis, in the second round, move up from their pick and take him early in the second round. And now you have your, I would say, future quarterback because he just needs to sit one year. Say goodbye to Philip Rivers. There goes Jake Fromm in the start. But I think the perfect, honestly, the perfect fit, it's 23 New England. And I think the thing to make something else that I hadn't mentioned before, I just thought of you're going to need somebody who's even keel, level headed, and kind of almost monotone. Yeah. <laughs> because whoever comes in and start a quarterback for New England is going to need to be able to handle the pressure of being the guy to be Tom Brady's successor. He got shit on a lot in Georgia. Yeah. Jake Fromm did. And he handled Because it. he never, they never. They never were what they everyone thought they would be. They were a predominant top five team going into the season. Epic defenses shut teams down. They put the hurt on Alabama this year. But LSU was just better. And that's the problem. Each year, Georgia was great. But there was always a team better. Whether it was Bama, Clemson, or LSU. There was just someone better. And... Clemson is – is that a Georgia team or is that a South Carolina team? Clemson, South Carolina. Okay. And then obviously Alabama is a neighbor, and LSU isn't, isn't far off, and two of those three teams are SEC teams. He just got crapped on a lot. And I don't know what happened in Georgia. I don't know what went down in Georgia, like the press or the uh, radio. But I can imagine they crapped on Jake Fromm a lot because he just didn't produce – I just don't think he got enough weapons. Very possible. 
but twenty three to New England that would be. And we see a lot of time. We see a lot of times. We're going to get on to our last topic here in a second. We see a lot of times a guy who was very solid in college who looked like he just needed a little extra push, a little extra motivation. Not even motivation, but just a little something different, a little intangible. Mm -hmm. Come to the pros, get on the right team in the right situation, and all of a sudden you have a Tom Brady, you have a Russell Wilson, you have a Dak Prescott. You have a guy who wasn't the top pick. Who might have been really actually Tom Brady wasn't even all that great in college. But you got a guy who was good in college, who's all of a sudden comes to the pros and takes his game to another level because somebody just found the missing piece and then they're off and running. Or something clicked, or you get the right pieces around him. Right. Maybe Nikhil Harry is what DK Metcalf was. It's just, as we said before, Tom Brady basically shit on Nikhil Harry. Dude, I have a lot of faith in Nikhil Harry. I think that kid's going to be awesome. I really do. So, I know he's not popular among Patriots fans right now. I don't understand the hate. I think he's going to be phenomenal. I I don't understand it either because um, Jared Stidham played great with him in preseason when he was on the field. Played great with him in practice, reportedly. So let's see what he does, whether it's Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer, or quarterback X. But I think you're building a nice team, especially if you bring Jake Fromm in, because now you're now you have that connection between Jake Fromm and Sony Michelle. And you're forgetting if you're forgetting one person, Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. That's right, yeah. All right, we're gonna move on to our final topic here real quick. The Dolphins amid rumors of the Bengals looking to uh, kind of potentially fleece somebody for that first overall pick. Yep. Uh, have said, yeah, we're not selling the farm to go up to number one. We're we're good to NF5. We're good going for. They didn't say who they were going for, but we assumed Tua. I think it's Tua, but Tua, Justin Herbert. We're we're good taking where we are. Yeah. We don't need to sell the farm to move up to get a guy we're not sure about. We're sure about the guy we're going to get. They're They're doing draft analysis on probably 10 players for that pick particularly. And the person they're most confident on that drops to number five is the player they're going to take. I know that's not exciting to say, but that's kind of the generic way of their what they're thinking. There's no way in hell they're taking number five. I believe it's number 16 or 17. And number 26 handed it over to Cincinnati just to get Joe Burrow. No, there's no way. Because they don't they, – I can't imagine they think – they are Joe Burrow away from dominating this division because they don't even know if Joe Burrow's the answer. I think honestly, I think what I've seen, I don't watch a lot of college football. Full disclosure, you do a lot of this college research, and I kind of just add my my knowledge in when it when it fits when I know you know what you're talking about. I've seen Tua play. I've watched Joe Burrow play. Granted, it was during Joe Burrow's you know LSU breakout season this past year. I think. I think two is a better pro fit. Just a little I've seen, honestly. I, I, if I were the Dolphins, I'd sit right at five and take Tua. I'll, and I'll hammer this point again. Joe Burrow couldn't beat Dwayne Haskins out in Ohio State, so he transferred to LSU. Right. P.S. Just so you know. Oh, and, and fun fact, Justin Smith, Justin Fields, couldn't beat out Jake Fromm, so he transferred to Ohio State, where he's having success. But Justin Fields played last year, and he has this year. So he'll have two seasons, which I give more credence to, is if in the Big Ten, they can't make 
uh, adjustments and contain Justin Fields and he puts up another season, then I give that credence. Whereas Joe Burrow, still one season. Still one year, yeah. I just don't take three first-round picks where you can look at that and say, okay, if I love Tua at number five, then I'm going to take Tua. And now I have Tua with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can think what you want to Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a respectable quarterback. He might be on his last leg, but he's still running around, running for touchdowns, throwing touchdowns, few interceptions. But he is still a quality quarterback. He's better than Ryan Fitz. Uh, he's better than Philip Rivers. Ryan Fitzpatrick might retire in the next few years, but his beard has at least a good decade left to play. Absolutely, at and the least, guy can dress. At least. Okay, the guy can dress. He may get some help from a couple of his go. Uh, Play, uh, players. <laughs> now throw out a little help every now and then. Yeah. But if they're happy with Tua or Justin at five, now at 16 you have a player. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, it's poor form. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's actually not uh, 16 or 17. It's actually 18. There's uh, a nice corner. There's a, a pretty good linebacker from Alabama. And if they wanted to go safety – the 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 third best safety could potentially be available at at eighteen if they wanted them, and then they take the best running back in the draft at number twenty six. I'll say this: the, the Dolphins say they're not moving up, right? But the Falcons say they're interested. Oh, they are interested, apparently. So uh, I don't think they're going to move, move up to one because no. they certainly couldn't afford anybody of substance after you know Matt Ryan's ridiculous contract. Where do you think they're moving up to? I think. For me, I think the natural pick is number four because the Giants just seem like they have a few guys they could take and they don't have to pick at four. So here's the problem. Uh, There is a draft grid, if you will. I think it was either Jimmy Johnson or Bill Parcells that made a draft compensation board. You know, if you have pick X and you're trying to trade with team this team and you'd have to give up pick Y and Z to compensate for that. It's on the internet somewhere. I was going to pull it up, but I just forgot about doing it. But it kind of some teams go by it and some teams don't. Like Bill Belichick almost adheres to it because he wants to make sure he gets the value right. Jumping from 16 to 4, that is a heavy jump. Like you saw what the Bears gave up. Oh, if you try doing that on Madden, that's at least two first round picks. Right. So I don't think that kind of jump is possible. I'd be interested to see if they jumped to nine. Jacksonville? Jacksonville. Okay. For Simmons, you think? For Simmons. Uh, uh, don't go into the bottomless pit of talent that is the Falcons. Julio Jones still never got him out of that. So so I don't – they're not going to get one of the wide receivers. I guarantee, I'll guarantee that. Which, by the way, the wide receivers are dropping just a little bit. Not because of, of what they've done. It's just where players have gone – I mean, first and foremost, because Arizona's picked up Deshaun Watson, or not Deshaun Watson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, that has now pushed Arizona out of that market. So you hey, it's still the offseason. Give Bill O'Brien time. Watson will be somewhere else, too. Right. So at, the, at 11, the Jets, you could see, start the wide receiver run, which is crazy because, like we went over last time, wide receivers are exciting and talented in this draft. But I could see them jumping the nine and getting Simmons. Um there's a still there's still one offensive lineman that potentially could be available at that time. Uh, obviously, the wide receivers will be available, but I don't think 
Atlanta would be on that. No, I don't think they need that. way too early for running backs. There is an outside shot of a corner available at that spot. I just think it might be too high for them if they went all the way up to nine. If they were going to get the corner or the edge rusher, like the edge rusher, they're they're projected to get an edge rusher, uh, the second best one, because obviously Chase Young is number one. But they could just sit at their number 16 spot and get him. I feel it's nine to get Isaiah Simmons because they lost Devondre Campbell and they want to pair Devondre Campbell with Deion Jones and Ricardo Allen and all those uber-athletic players they have on defense. That's my, that's my feel. Okay. I don't see, they're not going to – they're going to get a quarterback? I don't see it. No, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. And unless they're going to get Derek Brown, the defensive lineman, which I, I don't think I'd jump for him. Yeah, Matt Ryan's on, on, on the tail end of his prime, but he still has a few good years. There's no point taking a quarterback now. They, they have defensive linemen. They don't need defensive – like, they no. don't need uh, interior linemen. They have those. And that's what would be available is the interior defensive linemen at that position. Um, what's his name? Uh, Javon Kinlaw, who is uber-talented from Auburn, but he is just not the guy to jump up for. Isaiah Simmons is. I think they're targeting Isaiah Simmons. If you see Atlanta move up to 10, 9, or above, that's who they're taking. Well, either way, it's going to be an exciting draft. I think there could be a lot more moving than we all think there could be, or we all foresee there being. Uh, That is next Thursday? Next Thursday. So just a reminder, I know we have a show before that, but we will be actually recording while the draft is happening. We're going to probably start recording around 9 so we're going to have a couple of picks in already. We can discuss that and what we think is going to happen from that point forward. So some of these things we're talking about happening now could have already happened by the time you hear episode, uh, what is it, 55 now? 57 next week. Yep. So do you have anything else? Are you good? Did Bill, good. O'Brien, just... Bill O'Brien do anything stupid yet today or this week? No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, so I have to check. That's a segment now. I have to check. I know. I know. And it, trust me, if we get something on Bill O'Brien, not only will we say it, we'll post it. Oh, yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a comment on that for sure. Bill O'Brien is, is not escaping our, our radar anytime soon, or oh. anybody else who knows anything about football for that matter. And we got something exciting coming up next episode. Yeah? Mock Draft 1.0. Yeah, you only do one because you're not an idiot who does like 15 of them. I don't need to sit there and edit 16 different times. No. I'm going to do one, and that's it. And I'm going to go with it. I could be 0-32, but I'm going to do it. So we got next time, too. We got a little baseball discussion. Yep. We're going to go over some of the major players from what is affectionately referred to as the steroid era in baseball and kind of go over their qualifications and and discuss whether they should or shouldn't be in a Hall of Fame, in our opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we have that. We have the uh, Ben's draft projections. Uh, And it just – we're not going to go over every pick. I think what you said was you're going to go over like four or five players at a time and then pick one yeah. from that pool and then move on to the next pick. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Ben Ben is very thorough on this stuff, so you're going to learn a lot of good stuff about the uh, the future of the NFL. And uh, yeah, we'll have you know any any other news or, or notes or you know an impromptu Bill O'Brien maneuvers that may happen. Yeah. But uh, until then, if you have any questions or comments on any of our content. Ben, where can they go to discuss such matters? 
Well, you can hit us up on Facebook. That's Ben and Chris Talk Football. Or you can hit us up on Twitter, BCTS Pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, as always. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe out there, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here Tuesday morning. Thank you.